जय राध Kiribada 
Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare
Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Hey Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Oh Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 
राम राम हरे हरे His divine grace, Shri Prabhupada, ki jai. 
Jayam Vishnupad Paramahansa Parabhajakacharya Osotera Sata Sri Srimad His Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Srila Prabhupada Kijai Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Kijai Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Kijai Prem Shikahoshi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Srivas Adi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Kijai Shri Shri Gopinath Shamakund Shri Radhakund Giri Govadan Kijai, Sri Bindavan Dam Kijai, Navadweep Dam Kijai, Jagannath Puri Dam Kijai, Bhakti Devi Kijai, Jamuna Devi Kijai, Ganga Devi Kijai, Tulsi Devi Kijai, Samaveda Bhaktavrinda Kijai. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories to the assembled devotees. All oh, glories to Sri Guru and Sri. Sri Goranga, Go Premanandi, Hari Hari Bo. <clears throat> so we're reading today from Fourth Canto, Chapter Twenty Four, Text Number Seventy One. Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. Yoga Desham Upasadya. Dharayanto munivrata Samahita diar sarva Etad abhyasatadrita Yoga desham upasadya Dharavyanto munivrata Samahita diasarva Itadabhyasa tadrishata Dharayantu munivrataha Samahita diya sarva Samahita diya sarva Yogadeshamupasadya Dharayantu munivrataha Samahita diya sarva Etad abhyasatadrisha Yoga desham upadhyatta Dharayanto munivrata Samahita diya sarva Etad abhyasatadrita Ladies, we have a quiet gentleman today. <laughs> Any ladies would like to try? Yoga desham upasadya 
Dharayanto Munivrata Samahita Diya Sarva Etadasnam Yatadita Gadeshamupasadya Dharayanto Munivrataha Samahita Diya Sarva Etadabhya Satadritaha Gadesham Upasadya Dharayanto Munivrataha Samahita Diya Sarva Etadabhyasatadvitaha Yoga Desham. This instruction of Bhakti Yoga. Upasadya. Constantly reading. Dharayantaha. By taking within the heart. Munivrataha. Take the vow of the great sages, the vow, sages, the vow of silence. Samahita, always fixed in the mind. Dhyā, with intelligence. Sarve, all of you. Itat, this. Abhyasata, practice. Adrita, with great reverence. Translation. My dear princes, in the form of a prayer, I have delineated the system, the yoga system of chanting the holy name. All of you should take this important stotra within your minds and promise to keep it in order to become great sages by acting silently like a great sage and by giving attention and reverence you should practice this method please repeat my dear princes, my dear princes in the form of a prayer, prayer I, have I have delineated the yoga system of chanting the holy name. All of you should take this important stotra within your minds and promise to keep it in order to become great sages by acting silently like a great sage and by giving attention and reverence, you should practice this method. So we offer our obeisances always to Prabhupada before speaking because we are repeating his words 
of course he is repeating the words of great sages. So he also offers his respects before he speaks because this is a chain, this is called disciplic succession. I'm not speaking my words, I'm speaking his words. And so therefore, instead of thinking, oh, I did that quite well, <laughs> I think, oh, he did that quite well. And he is similarly thinking about his spiritual master. And so it goes backwards. And this is interesting because modern society is interested in going forwards. Young is best, and the next younger is the best, and the next technology outdates the previous one, and so we're moving forward, and we're moving to a bright future. But the old cultures, which were more solid in their foundation, they understood that we have to, as well as move forward, we don't want to stagnate. But we must simultaneously always move backwards for the support of those who have done the work that we're going to have to do. That's what it means to be a teacher. You've done the work and now you're teaching the children A, B, C, D. If you don't know A, B, C, D then it's hard to be a teacher. So we always look backwards and then we step forwards. And this gives us the, the solidarity under our feet <clears throat> that gives us the confidence that maybe I can take a next step. Whatever that means for every one of us here. When we come to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam in the morning, it's like we all come and we should be thinking, I need to take a next step. What is it? And then mysteriously you come and you listen and you get a clue and you're getting your own individual clue. It's as if the Bhagavatam is speaking individually to each individual person who's receptive. And oftentimes, I know this for a fact, when you do something every day, every day, every day, every day, it becomes a routine. And then we kind of know, oh, I did that, I did that, I did that. And then at the end of the day, what did you get from it? Oh, something, I can't remember. <laughs> so we don't want to become like routine, mechanical. Machines are mechanical, but human beings are supposed to be growing. So when we listen, we're, we're, we may not understand even anything, particularly those who are our guests today, who are coming not from the Indian culture, where many of the terminology and concepts have been sort of integrated into their cultural experience, so they pick up something, something uh, instantly. Whereas when you come in and you're coming from this culture, this Western culture with different values, you have to be very open to say, something should be mine. I may not understand very much of what's being spoken about, but I've come here with open heart. I should have something to carry home with me, to continue my journey, my deepening, my inner journey. So let me read Srila Prabhupada's purport. It's a little bit lengthy on this particular verse. And then I'll explain the verse and its relevance. 
Prabhupada says, in the Hatha Yoga system, one has to practice bodily exercises, dhyana, meditation, dharana, fixing the mind, asana, sitting in different postures, meditation, etc. And one also has to sit in one place, in a particular posture, and concentrate his gaze on the tip of the nose. This is a very old yoga system. There are, as there are as many rules and regulations for the Hatha Yoga system that it is there. Sorry, let me do this again. There are as many rules and regulations for the Hatha Yoga system that it is practically impossible to perform it properly in this age. So we go, we, we see in every suburb there'll be a yoga a yoga class going on. And generally, at least my friends that I know in Perth, when they go for yoga, they go to get sort of like a bit more flexible. <laughs> they go to lose a little weight. They go to strengthen their muscles. Uh, they go because their mind, they want to calm their mind. They go and they do yoga. And there's so many yogas. Hot yoga, cold yoga, this yoga, that yoga. Because there's so many people and they're saying, <coughs> these are exercises, let me novel novelty-ize them and I'll make my own money from this yoga school. So this is not the actual process of yoga as it's actually performed by great sages. This is like exercise, which is not to be criticized but it doesn't have the same deep integral effect on the living being as this yoga system did because a yogi, a hatha yogi, yogist would go alone in a place and he'd sit, he'd place a deer skin mat first. And why did he put the deer skin? Because that would scare away snakes. And he would sit on a mat and he would focus his mind and he did all the exercises so that he could sit for hours and hours and hours and meditate. So nobody's quite up to that standard yet. Maybe there's a rare person here and there or there are people who are aspiring in that direction. But the amount of <coughs> detailed disciplines that were involved make it not very practical for the ordinary person to be able to do it. So Prabhupada tells us in this, the alternative system <coughs> of bhakti yoga is very easy. Not only in this age, but in other ages as well. For this yoga system was advocated long ago by Lord Shiva when he advised the princes, the sons of this king, Maharaj Prachini Bahisat. The Bhakti Yoga system is not newly introduced. For even 5,000 years ago, Lord Krishna recommended this Bhakti Yoga as the topmost system. So this is something that we want to be able to explain to others. Not only we want to understand it ourselves, but we want to be able to convey this to people who have some inclination towards self-development on a deeper level. That bhakti yoga is an ancient system, 
And because it's a system of devotion, the devotion is very personal. <coughs> you don't have uh, to sit in a certain way, to stand in a certain way, to breathe like this, to look at the tip of your nose. You don't have those disciplines necessarily in bhakti yoga, but you do have a discipline. And the discipline is to train yourself to make an offering of everything you do. It's not so simple, but it's actually very nice. You train yourself, I'm going to make an offering. I'm going to eat something. I'm going to make an offering first. I'm going to make a dedicated attempt to say, in the beginning, to say thank you. Thank you for giving me this. I'm becoming aware that there's a master and provider. And so I offer this and say thank you. And as it develops, and it does develop, you start to feel like, not only thank you, and I'm very grateful, but also I'd like to do something more to reciprocate with what you're doing for me. This is beginning to become bhakti. And an ordinary religion, by the word religion we mean a system of kind of worship, you're saying, listen, I'll give you this, and could you give me ten times more? Right? Ten times, hundred times more. Here's a, here's a dollar in your box for your money you need, and now could you help me to have a really good business deal so that I can do this, 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 and this. So this is not bhakti, and bhakti is the opposite. And this dis difference between the two, it's possible to make this transition on any religious path. It's not only isolated to what we teach here, although what we teach here is exemplary in bhakti. But if you're even any kind of religious person, you meet people who have evolved further, in their faith, and they're developing the same characteristic. This is bhakti. So Prabhupada says, as Krishna tells Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, Yoginam api sarvesham madgatenantaratmana shradavan bhajateyomam some yuktamo yuktatamo mataha. Of all yogis, he who abides always in me with great faith, worshipping me in transcendental loving service, is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. This is the highest point of yoga. So everything, all the ladder, if you have a ladder and I want to get up and fix the light bulb's gone out, I want to fix the light bulb. So I put the ladder up here. Anyone can do it. You can do it. I can do it. Go up the ladder. So you put the first step, your foot, foot on the first step, then the next, 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 till you reach very high and you change the light bulb. So you have to start somewhere on the bottom rung and you just keep going up and then you can achieve something. So this Hatha Yoga is not actually the highest rung, it's on the lower rungs. Why? Because it's preparing you healthily in a good way to keep going up the ladder. 
So if somebody does this Hatha Yoga or doesn't do it, but if somebody does do it, it will give you that strength, strength of mind. It will help you to regulate your thought processes. And then what do you put in? That's Bhakti Yoga. What do you put in? You've, you've realigned the system. You've gone up so many steps. Now do what you went up there to do. You didn't climb the ladder just for fun, or maybe you did, but, <laughs> but somebody else is climbing the ladder to achieve something. Naratam would climb up and down the ladder for fun, right? Yes? <laughs> the topmost yoga, yogi is he who constantly thinks of Krishna within himself and chants the glories of the Lord. In other words, this system of bhakti yoga has been existing from time immemorial and is now continuing in the form of this Krishna consciousness movement. The word munivrata is significant in this regard because those who are interested in advancing in spiritual life must be silent. Uh-oh. Here's a threshold we're not sure if we can cross. We all have to be silent. We're not allowed to say anything. We're not allowed to, if you look at each other, then you'll probably say something. So you should just close your eyes and be silent from now on. But Srila Prabhupada will explain this silence. Silence means speaking only of Krishna. Talking only of Krishna Kata. That means Krishna Kata means the, the, to talk about Krishna, to try to understand what is this about? How do I generate some, some uh, progress in my life? How does this apply to me? What can I get from this? How can I use and apply Krishna Bhakti in my life? So this is silence. This is the silence of Maharaj Ambarish. He's a great uh, Vaishnava devotional king. Savai mana Krishna padara vindayo Vachamsi Vaikunta Gunanavanane. So that Sanskrit verse reads King Ambarish always fixed his mind on the lotus feet of the Lord and talked only of him. From the Bhagavatam 9 4 19. We should also take this opportunity in our life to become as good as a great sage simply by not talking unnecessarily with unwanted persons. So this doesn't mean that you can't talk to anyone. It doesn't mean that you designate everybody their unwanted people. But if somebody is actually unwanted in the sense that this conversation is completely taking me outside of my orbit, then I must learn how to become more silent and more internally fixed and shift back towards my intention. This is a, a habit, this is a yoga habit that anyone can uh, benefit from, no matter who they are. It's, it's very hard not to get involved in everything that's going on, but it's valuable. We should also take this opportunity in life to become as good as great sages 
and talk of Krishna or chant Hare Krishna undeviatingly. This is called munivrat. The, intelligent must be the intelligence must be very sharp and should always be acting in Krishna consciousness. The words indicate that if one takes these instructions from a spiritual master with great reverence and practices them accordingly, he will find this bhakti yoga process to be very, very easy. I think I chose this verse because of the last words, very, very easy, because it'd be really nice to have something to do that was very easy rather than something that seems impossible. Now this is the, the verse 71, just to put this into context for you. One, two, it's the third con part of the conversation of Lord Shiva after he finished this prayer or a stotra. The word stotra in Sanskrit means like a, a lengthy prayer, not just a, a, a short prayer, but something that has a lot of substance to it is called a stotra. So when he finished, he had come to this place because he knew that these ten young men were coming there and their purpose in coming there was to really seriously become deeply spiritual. They'd been told to come by their father who was a king, their princes. And they knew that in time our father will go to the forest because that was the culture. He'll go to the forest to totally only meditate on the Lord and at that time we'll step into his place. So he, knowing that, the father said, go to the forest for ten years, in, those, in this time period, that was much longer, but it was actually for them, ten years, go to the forest, practice meditation, control your thoughts, become like a great sage. And then you come back and you've got to manage the whole kingdom. So they weren't going off to just go Om for the rest of their lives. They were going off to come back and engage in practical action, like ourselves. Everybody here has something practical that they have to do. These boys have to study. Do you go to school? No. Do you go to school? Yeah, he goes to school. He studies at home. They have to study. So most of us go to work or we go home and have to clean up and tidy up the house. So many things go on. So how can I integrate into my life this process of bhakti yoga? This is a universal question. Like if I talk to everybody here, you'd all tell me a different set of circumstances, but in some way you'd be asking the same thing. How can I integrate this into my life? So Lord Shiva, he knew that these were high quality princes, very, very high character, very, very top class. And he knew that he had something to give them for their journey. And so what did he do? He appeared where they were. They didn't expect to see him. Lord Shiva is rarely seen by anyone. And he appeared there. And they were so surprised and so uh, uh, amazed to see Lord Shiva. And then 
as we heard in the very first verse, two days ago, he said, Now I shall chant one mantra, which is not only transcendental, pure and auspicious, but it is the best prayer for anyone who is aspiring to attain the ultimate goal of life. When I chant this mantra, please hear it carefully and attentively. And they did. And so Lord Shiva, he chanted 33 verses. And I've spent quite a bit of time reading these verses so I can speak to you. And I would think that anyone who just picked up the, this book and started to read them would become a little uh, bewildered very quickly. Because <laughs> it took quite a amount of time to actually enter into and simplify what's being spoken of in the Bhagavatam. And to simplify doesn't mean to uh, um, uh, get rid of things. It means to actually find what is the essence of what, what Lord Shiva is telling them. And so first he offered his respects, he offered Lord Shiva, he started to chant this mantra, he offered respects to the Lord within the heart of everyone, then he offered respects to the deities, the predominating forms of the Lord that control everything, that control the psychic actions that we think we're controlling and not doing always a very good job. He offered respects to them. He explained who they are. In brief, because in this context, these boys knew this information. It's new information to us, and so it seems a little bit um, uh, scanty. But they knew these things. He was directing their mind to this meditation. And then he started to, to describe the form of that Supreme Person. He has a form, he wears something, he has eyes, he has hair. Now that in itself is quite shocking to a modern Western person, right? Because how can you have form and be God? <laughs> right? He has blue hair, he has purple hair, he has what kind of hair does he have? I would like purple hair, he'd like blue hair, I'd like red hair. How, you know, if God has a black hair, then what about the blue hair and the red hair and the purple hair that I'd like or he'd like or she'd like and so on, then I'm, I'm missing out. You know, I, I don't want a God who has black hair, I'm, he plays a flute, why doesn't he play a guitar? You know, <laughs> you know um, it seems as though to us, from our perspective looking upward, it seems like if we designate, and if we designate a form, we're correct. It seems like if we designate a form, we're limiting God. And so in some religions it's absolutely forbidden to consider that God has a form that you've created. But here the interesting thing is that this knowledge is not coming in that way. That somebody made it up, it's a novel, it's an interesting idea. But this is knowledge, as I said, when you look backwards and you find out this, this line of exalted persons, this knowledge has been handed down from them to us. And so it's a little bit over our heads 
But still we spend our time trying to read this, trying to get it to, as I said, we should come to the class thinking, something for me should be here in this class. Because this knowledge is so powerful that it can touch every single one of us differently. Every one of us. And everyone out there as well. This is what knowledge of God is actually like. It's not sectarian. It's not an Indian religion as opposed to a Middle Eastern religion. This is actually, Prabhupada was very fond of saying, with such certainty that you wouldn't dare cross him. He would say, this is not religion, this is science. And people would look back at him horrified. <laughs> science? Science means atoms and neutrons and... <laughs> That's physics. This is the science of reality. And it takes some time. If you think that's hard to accept, that's okay. It isn't easy to accept. But as you go deeper and deeper into this subject matter, it starts to open up in such a way that you realize, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I never realized that. And every time you read, you find out, oh, I never thought of that. And each time you find out something, you get a little bit smaller not a little bit bigger. Your ego doesn't inflate, your ego starts to deflate until you become more like, uh, uh, what would I say, instructable. You're able to now accept instructions because the problem is, we see with sometimes with our children, um, if they're, they're young and they're restless, it's very hard to teach them because they're restless and they want to go outside and they want to touch something and play with something and you say sit down and they don't want to sit down and you tell them you say A, B and they go, ah, I don't want to know anything, I just want to go and play. So we grow up and become still like that. I want to go out and enjoy, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to find out this. And, and here is the instructions. So as we make contact with the Bhagavatam, slowly and carefully and naturally, not unnaturally, we start to feel like, oh, oh, this makes sense to me now. It didn't make sense before. It suddenly makes sense. What happened? And then you see, you're making progress. You're making progress. And Lord Shiva is saying, it's easy. And we think it's so hard. How can I do this? I have to change so many things and be so different than what I am. And he's saying, no, it's easy. And this is the science of chanting, yoga of chanting the holy name. Understand how this creation works to some degree. Meditate on that. Not in its complexity, we don't have the capacity for that. But understand something, Lord Shiva is saying, understand these things. And then understand that there's a Supreme Person. There must be a Supreme Person, otherwise how come we're people? Where did our personality come from? And from these books you begin to understand there's a Supreme Realm that we're not even touching. And we think, we're it. 
Human beings are it. We're taking over the world. We're remodeling things, chopping down all the trees. We need a freeway here, highway here, because I want to get from there to there fast, and I want to go on a holiday there, so we need more planes. And we need all the petrol out of the earth. Get it out, get it out. We need to just exhaust it. Why? For our pleasure. And that's what life is about. And it isn't. And therefore, we need to hear these things. And we need to hear them regularly because they tend to go into our brain and then they sort of seem to go out again. So therefore, what do we do? We put them in again <laughs> and they go out again. We put them in again and they go out again. But something sticks. Something sticks and it starts to build up. And this is the practice that Lord Shiva is telling these boys to do. Abhyas. Practice this. Practice this. It will be so good for you. It will only be good for you. It may be not easy in the beginning, but it will be so good for you. So he describes this great personality who he is worshipping himself. And then he says, I really want to see you. I want to see you. And then, do you know what he says next? He says, in the verses, he says, actually the only way I could see you is through the blessings of your devotees. It's your devotees who carry you in their hearts. Now that means, of course, each one of us is carrying something. But if you want to understand the person who's carrying so much, that we can't even comprehend. He's seated right there. And we might look and say, well, that's just a statue. But it isn't. It isn't. I'll tell you a story. One lady told me, she was an elderly lady and she lived in Africa. She was living in Kenya. And in African cities, there's often violence because there's poverty living side by side with, with wealth. So she was uh, in, in the temple there, they had a temple, a small temple, and these two men came in with guns, African men, and they were going to rob the place. So they said, uh, everyone, the guns are there, everyone, on the floor. So everyone had to lay down on the floor, put their head down and hope for the best. So they all lay down on the floor and they ran around, they stole whatever they could find and then they left. And when they got up, to stand up to see what had happened, they saw something that really touched them. That the thieves had gone over and they had taken the hat, you can see Prabhupada has a hat, and they'd pulled it down over his eyes. <laughs> pulled it down over his eyes. <laughs> and he's clearly a statue, you could say. <laughs> But they covered his eyes, don't look. <laughs> so yes, you can say, this is a form made out of, and somebody very uh, artistic who knows how to make this kind of form could tell you how they made it, what they made it, the physics of the form. But it's impossible not to notice if you come here and pray to him. It's impossible not to notice the reciprocation that you get. So there's the physics and then there's the bhakti. And we have to learn how to man manage the two things side by side. 
and our university system can tell you everything about the physics. One man, he studied and studied the nature of grass and he became like expert in how grass grows. Like th that's, I'm sure that's important for people who, who grow grass. But can you imagine for his whole life he learned how grass grows? And grass is growing anyway, whether <laughs> he likes it or not. And too much grass is growing. Grass is growing through the cracks between the tiles outside. And, we, we, and grass, after a while, we put down cement. <laughs> no more grass. <laughs> and he studied this and he became an expert and very authoritative. But what about this? What about this? This is the thing that Lord Shiva is saying to the boys. This is what you must make your preparation. So he said, I want to see you. He said, the only way I can see you is through the mercy of great personalities who carry you in their heart. He said, I want to see you, I want to see you. And then he started to explain different things about how this creation works from this spiritual perspective. Different mechanics of the whole creation. And eventually he completed his stotra. And then while he was standing there and he told them in the form of this prayer, I have given you this, he said, O sons of the king, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, that's a name for Krishna, is situated in everyone's heart. That means you, 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 and you. He is also within your hearts. Therefore chant the glories of the Lord and always meditate upon him continuously. Now, he's giving this instruction. He's not giving it to a yogi. He's giving it to a king pre, uh, who's going to become a king, who's going to be so busy with all kinds of management affairs. And yet he's telling him, always medita meditate upon him continuously. And then he tells him where the prayer came from. As we said, we go back, back, back. He said, this prayer came from this person, who said it to this person, who said it, this is an ancient prayer. And so the boys were very, uh, young men, were very happy to have received this fortune. And then, almost immediately, Lord Shiva, he disappeared. So then what happened? I'm just going to finish off our story here. What happened next was, they went underwater because they knew the art, the yogic art, to breathe underwater and they went underwater for 10 years and they meditated and they took the instructions that Lord Shiva had given as the essence of what they were going to be thinking and praying and meditating upon. And then they came up out of the water and meanwhile, while that was going on for 10 years, 10,000 years, but 10 years, then their father, the king, he was managing the kingdom. And another great sage went to visit him because he felt that he wasn't quite aligned right with his values. Because the king was really interested in performing all kinds of rituals, religious rituals, to, to get rewards. 
And he wasn't interested really in deep spirituality. He was just performing this ritual and he would get this benefit, ritual, benefit. And in the rituals, part of the ritual was that there were animals involved and the animal would be tested. The mantra would be tested on an old animal, which means that they would chant the mantra and if the, the mantra, the animal would sometimes be killed and then the mantra was meant to bring the animal back to a fresh new life. So he's doing these rituals, the animals are experiencing their difficulties. And so Narada Muni went to see him. He's a, he is practically the sage of all the sages. And he said to him, what, what are you doing? What's the, what are you doing with your life? And the king explained what he was doing. And then he said, do you see what's ahead for you? And the king, and he said, and he showed him a vision of all these animals who in their next life, they would have the opportunity to do the same cruelty to him as he had done to them ignorantly. And he said, you see this? This is what you're doing. And the king was a little uncomfortable with that. He hadn't thought of that. And then Narada Muni tells him this very complex but quite fascinating allegory uh, about a king and the king's kingdom. And everything is symbolic in the story that he tells him. And he's explaining to him essentially that you have a life, you're going to enjoy everything that you want, but at the end you're going to grow old. And then after you're going to grow old, your kingdom and everything that you have is going to be taken back from you. And you're going to have to pass away. And the more that you have, the more painful that will be. If you have a beautiful house and you have wonderful children and you have so much, uh, you're beautiful yourself and you've traveled around the world and met so many people and this thing and that thing. You might have under your bed a box full of big photos of you shaking the hand with this person and shaking the hand with that person and prime ministers and this person and that person but they're rolled up now as photographs or they're on your computer and you don't have time to look at them and life has gone and it's now coming to the end. And the king heard this story, this allegory, and he said to the sage, mm, uh, it's hard for me to understand this. <laughs> and then the sage said, I'll explain it to you better. And he explained what all the ingredients of his story were and what he wanted the king to understand. And when the king got it, he understood, what am I doing? He immediately realigned because of his strength, he realigned himself towards a spiritual end of his life and he left. And he left a message because his sons were out meditating. He left a message, when you come back you're in charge and he just left. And he went to the forest because it was symbolically the kings in those days would go to the forest and they'd meditate because if they go to the city, the towns, the village, their people will be talking to them all the time. So they go somewhere, there's nobody, and they'll sit and they'll meditate, and they have the strength to do it. And so he left, and his sons came back, Prachetas, these ten boys came back, 
And then they had to accept the rule. And they did. And they performed sa sacrifices with a higher intention. And they received blessings for their what they were performing, the work they were performing. And then in due course of time they also became old. And when they became old, that same sage who had come to visit their father came to visit them and told them that actually now it's, it's your time to leave. And they did, they remembered, they remembered what Lord Shiva had taught them when they were young. They said to the sage, Our Lord Shiva, he taught us. And we forgot it all. Because <laughs> he's so busy with all of the management of the kingdom, we forgot it. But now it's starting to come back. It's starting to come back. And now is the time where we can actually apply what we heard so long ago. And they did. And it's said that they attained the perfection, their spiritual perfection, and partly and clearly in the beginning, the fortune that they received came from this Rudra Gita, or this song sung by Lord Shiva to these young men. So I'll stop here, and if anyone has any questions, please ask or any comments. We see you know, Lord Shiva is praying there to see the form of the Lord. So how do we see Krishna, the form of the Lord in our lives? Um, turn to the right. <laughs> no more said. <laughs> the problem is we need the eyes. <laughs> Which means we need the heart, which means we need to hear. And as we hear more and hear more, then our eyes start to take in the vision, the, 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 the experience of seeing, starts to connect with something internal. Like, I can see all of you, but I don't know you all. So those who I know, I go, oh, there's my friend Ganga. Because I know who she is. I have n experience. But another person sitting before me, I don't know anything about them. I might smile at them with affection. I might stand before them and go like this. But I don't know what to say to them. So we combine what we're hearing with what we're seeing. And what we see, we ask about it. What is that? Especially if it's a new experience, we ask people, what am I seeing? And they tell you something, and according to what they tell you, your eyes work better. Right? I've had this experience, and everyone has. When you go to India, if you go to India alone, some people tell me, I'm going off to India by myself, and I say, good luck. <laughs> but if somebody says, I'm going to India with so-and-so, who's been to India before, or I'm going to India, I'm going to stay with so-and-so, who lives in India, then I say, oh, that, that's nice, because so-and-so who lives in India will tell you what India is like, or so-and-so who's been to India so many times can tell you, watch out for that, don't do this, this is this, and they do that because of that, and they do that because of this. That person can help you, they, can, they become your eyes in that trip. But you go alone, what do you know? 
You know, you may be a very curious person and you may ask so many people so many things. What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? But you don't even know who to ask. You might ask someone on the street who's like making something on the street. What's this? What's that? And they tell you. You ask somebody, which way is it? Which way is it to the train station? And they'll go that way. And then you wake, walk a little further, not finding the train station. Which way is it to the train station? That way. <laughs> Isn't it? This way, that way. <laughs> you don't know who to ask. You don't know anything if you're alone. And, and it can be fun. It can be an exploration. But it's definitely going to be an, ex an experience for you. Whereas if you want to know, I want to go and I want to see this, I want to see that, I've got to either find someone there who knows, who, ex who lives there, or somebody who's been there and visited that terrain. And they'll help you to achieve what exactly you wanted to achieve. Similarly with the deities. They're there, you can see them. But how to develop the eyes, that comes through the knowledge, the hearing. Arjun. Mataji, uh, we hear this many times when we speak in similar terms to people that have someone as a guide to walk you through the life, through life. But the point comes forth is then what is the, what is the adventure in life if, if, if you're not experiencing yourself, if you're not going through life yourself experiencing pains and pleasure. So, so how to understand well, that? Well, you will experience pains and pleasure and you will experience for yourself. You will. It depends. You see, one person who says that, want, their thinking, their, their thought is, I'll, I'll experience the most fun if I just go out and sort of do everything for myself and just find out as I go along. So that's one way, and some people prefer that. But then there are other people who come to a point, either by doing that, or they come to a point of sort of a little bit more sensible, a little bit more sensible where they think some guidance would be very helpful. Then of course the part that's really scary for everyone is do I have to take this guide absolutely seriously? And I, my answer to that would be you can't until you know you can. You can't do it until you know you can do it. So what do I do in the mid-time? Mid, mid well, that was interesting, Lord Shiva, he said, take this with respect, respect it. He didn't say, lose your individuality, you can't be you anymore, you have to be what I tell you to be. He didn't say that, that was never spoken of. So the fear in the mind of, a, of, of, of myself, and anyone is, oh, if I, if I try and follow this person, maybe I won't be able to be authentically me. And I would say also that for some time, it's a good thing not to be authentically you. <laughs> it's a good thing, it's a good thing. But you have to trust it, like my husband was saying to you, don't be afraid, it won't hurt you. <laughs> Because authentically me is pretty stupid, <laughs> right? And I had that experience personally when I went to 
when I was traveling, I had my own plans for what I was going to do with my life. Um, you know, I had a, a, an agenda and a career path and everything that I was thinking to follow. And then um, I was traveling out, I just left Australia, which was in those days, in 1970, was a big deal, especially for, for me. I wasn't a famous movie actress, by the way. <laughs> I was aspiring to be something like that, but it certainly hadn't occurred yet. But so I was on my way, I was going to go to America and then go to London and become a famous movie actress. There I was, treading my path, and then simultaneously I had something spiritual going on. It was definitely not my priority, but it was there. I tell people I'm, I'm a spiritual kind of person. You know, I've met these Hare Krishna people and they chant this Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I do too. You know, I hadn't changed my lifestyle at all. <laughs> but a little Hare Krishna was there and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm spiritual and I'm going to become famous and let's keep going. And then I, I went to the Hare Krishna temple in Los Angeles and the very frightening thing for me, and it was frightening, it was terrifying at the moment, was that some intuition from within me, nobody said a word to me. But during the kirtan, at that moment, I had such a deep experience that something inside of me and it was a different era, we were all like hippies, and it was a different temple, completely full of young people only. But something inside of me said, you've got to stay here. You've got to stay here. Why? Because if you walk out the door, you'll forget it. Your lifestyle is opposite. If you walk out the door, you'll go right back to your smoking, drinking, everything else. You don't have the strength yet to do it alone. And so I was like, wow, that's heavy. <laughs> and I thought, what am I going to do? And I was in turmoil actually. I'm sitting there trying to look cool. And inside I was thinking, this is really heavy place. <laughs> But there was one really, really nice person who had been leading the kirtan, who had such a nice face, and he was the one, his kirtan had moved me so deeply, that I thought, oh, oh, maybe I'll talk to him. So I went over to him and I said, um, could I stay here for a week? And he said, we don't have any facilities. I said, oh, um, and just looked at him. And then he said, uh, I'll go talk to someone and see what we can do. So he went, talked to somebody, and he came back and he said, you can stay for a week. And now, wow, now I've done it. <laughs> and so that week was one of the hardest experiences in my life, one of them. Because I continuously went up, like it was like Luna Park. <laughs> I would go up and down and up down. I'd be like, up, this is amazing, look what I've done with my life. And then it was down. My gosh, what about my career? And now I don't smoke and drink anymore. How will I socially integrate? And it would go up and down, up and down. But one thing that was interesting was that during that week, um, we went to, we would, the Hare Krishnas in that little, that big temple, they were invited to take part in a movie as extras, you know, we walk along and sing Hare Krishna in the background for some movie scene. I never saw the movie. 
But we were singing there, and we went there as a group, and there I am now, sort of no makeup, my hair's pulled back, <laughs> I'm wearing a simple kind of saffron sari, we always used to wear saffron, we're all dressed in saffron, I'm there, and I know I look homely, <laughs> here I am on a movie set, and over there were all these chairs, and all these actresses and actors are sitting, and over here I'm sitting with all the yoga people, <laughs> And I saw them looking over at me like, look at them. <laughs> and inside I was thinking, you don't know. <laughs> but one week before I was over with you. <laughs> and now I'm here. <laughs> and actually I think it's actually for the better. So it was as if Krishna said to me, you don't have to give up your career, you don't have to give up your individuality, but you do require some training. And you should accept that period of training. And I only had a six-month visa, so my training was six months. And during that six months, by the beginning I moved in and I was you know, insecure and unsettled and so on. By the end I was in charge of all the ladies. <laughs> Because all the others moved on to other places and there it was only me and I'm organizing things and I think, this is funny, six months ago. <laughs> so Krishna will move you, but he'll move you dramatically and dynamically. This is what you have to share with people. I mean, my story is a little more colorful than most, but the principle remains true for people. If you will take that threshold seriously and say, yes, something inside of me is telling me this is important. Not you, you're telling me and it's not resonating with me, I won't move an inch. But if something inside of me tells me this is really important for you now, on your journey of life, then you have to be brave enough to say, okay. <laughs> Okay. Right, Luke? Yeah. yeah. You have to say, okay, this is my next step. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It's probably going to kill me. <laughs> I'm going to die from not doing all the things I normally do. <laughs> but I, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, it's my life and I'll take it in my hands. And a guidance is very important then because the guide has to guide the person not to rush not to throw in too many things out, hold it. I, I came with a big suitcase of things I'd collected from my famous career that was up ahead and I had all these brand new clothes and I'd got them all made and I had a leather dress <laughs> and a long velvet outfit that looked like very extraordinary, looked like a magician and I had all these things and I'd worked so hard to collect them all, put them together and this was my treasure and I'm carrying all these brand new things and when my luggage arrived by that time I was where I was and I said to the lady who was guiding me, I said, can I throw all of this in the bin? And she said, no. It was symbolic of where I was only weeks before. She said, no. She said, you keep it in your little ashram lock locker and then when you start feeling like Gosh, I've got to put a few more things in, I need to take a few things out. You take these things out gradually and naturally. Don't swing from here to there and then back to here again. So training has to be like that. You know the person. 
You have to get to know them and guide them gently forward. Particularly, especially anyone, but especially if they're coming from a different cultural background. Because they're treading new territory and they're going to trust you, that you're going to guide them as they do so. So that's the responsibility of somebody who's teaching, preaching. And sometimes it's a big responsibility at that. Hi, Griva. Hi, Griva. Yeah. Thank you, Mataji, for the wonderful class. Yes. Uh, Mataji, my question was, um, uh, Prajina Bhari was, um, he had a mindset of, um, he was, he had a mindset of, uh, when he was doing the animal sacrifices, he had a mindset of liberating the animals and give them a new birth. But he didn't know that he was actually, um, like, creating karma. But then, so then, why why did he get karma if he was not he was not meaning to do that? He wasn't he wasn't thinking of the poor animals. He wasn't thinking of the animals. He was thinking that uh, in order for me to make my my sacrifice successful, so that I can get further progress in my life, um, the animals have to be there. Right, so that's different. If he's thinking, and if he's thinking of the poor animals, he maybe wouldn't kill them all. Right? Someone can say, "I'm running this slaughterhouse because I'm thinking of the well-being of the animals." And you go, "Really?" <laughs> so yes, he wasn't thinking of them. Was there a quick question at the back? Yes. Hare Krishna, Madhuri. Uh, we're mentioning about we're discussing about how Lord Shiva is personally coming to give the instructions and yes. the guidance yes. to these young boys. Yes. Um, and we understand how it's important to take instruction from senior devotees. Yes. Um, but sometimes this thought comes to our mind that, that you know, if someone like Lord Shiva, someone such a great personality as Lord Shiva comes and guides us, yes, we listen, but then these devotees are so many faults and this devotee is not yeah. as perfect as Lord Shiva, mm -hmm. so then should I yes. still listen from him? <laughs> well, the thing is that uh, uh, different people have explained that in the beginning you need to have some kind of a trust that the person who's teaching me knows significantly more than me uh, because I don't know anything, so I really do need to see that the person... And it may not be Lord Shiva, he only comes every now and again. <laughs> to king's sons. I might not be a king's son. So the person who's teaching me, they should have my best interests in mind. That's important. Uh, and later, when you've got your own footing, then you, 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 you know what to do for yourself. You've had enough experience, you know what to do. Then you need guidance, but you don't need guidance in that that tender way that you do when you're first starting on the journey. So then somebody who's just a little more advanced than you, who may have a few faults, but they may have a few pearls of wisdom, you might be able to say, thank you for that, and that's, that's, that's useful for me now. But in the beginning, you definitely need that sense that this person, I can trust them. And that's the weight of responsibility on the people who are teaching and preaching. And that purifies them by carrying that weight. Otherwise they might think, oh, I know so much, you know, I don't need to do anything, I'm already kind of somewhere. And these people are nowhere. <laughs> 
So that always is the discipline for the person who's trying to speak. And we're encouraged to speak, and sometimes we get a bit scared speaking because not only are we speaking, but we know we have faults, right? I know I have faults, and here I am sitting speaking to other people. So then I have to become very honest with myself and with others. Listen, this is all I am, but I'm repeating something that I heard back there. It came from there. It might help you too. And I'm trying to follow it. I'm not doing a very good job all the time, but I'm making my effort to follow it. And to the degree I'm trying to follow it, it's very powerful. Right? So I'm not saying I'm the example, but I'm saying it's working for me and I'm trying to move forward. So why don't you see if it works for you as well? Daisachi. Hare Krishna Mataji. Yeah, Hare Krishna. Uh, <clears throat> when Brahma Kund asked that question, how do we see Krishna? And you also mentioned that uh, story about uh, those thieves with covered Prabhupada's yes. eyes. Yes. We had a similar incident in Fiji when we were doing Ratyatra, Padyatra. So we had life-size deity of Srila Prabhupada which we took from one place to another place and we had evening programs done ev everywhere. Yes. And one of the guests came and said to me, he said, you know, you see that person? He was so attentively listening that he even didn't blink through the whole class. <laughs> so my question is, we know Prabhupada, we, actually they had more faith in Prabhupada than we have been, you know, I have, after so long. We know Krishna is there. Yes. Just like you said, just then look yes. to your right, Krishna yes. is there. How do we come to that stage where we can start seeing Krishna as Krishna in his deity forms rather than just, you know, come here, pay quick dandwat and we have done your job yes. and go, you know. Yes. There's two things. Um, you know, when uh, Krishna didn't want Mother Yasoda to bind him, and she tried to bind him up in that story. He, um, there were two inches that, that, yeah. that were too short, two inches, two things are needed. One thing, if you want to bind him, if you want him to become attracted to you, to show himself to you in his full form, then you have to first of all be very eager to get his mercy. You have to be ready to say, please, I really, really, really want this. And so then you'd say to yourself, wow, I, I, I don't really, really, really want it. And my mind goes everywhere. What's the hope for me? And the answer is you keep trying. And the other thing is you, you have to do your side. You have to develop your devotion. And then you have to ask him to reciprocate with your devotion. And there's no escaping, as Lord Shiva said, the abhyasam, the practice. He told them, practice. And very soon you'll find this is easy. But practice has to be there. So that's why we come together every day. And, and some of us, all of us, and myself included, have other things that I have to do in the mornings. Um, so I don't come every day to a temple. I don't even live in Melbourne. Uh, 
And where I live, I have a little some temple in the house. So I have something set up and anyone can do that. I have a place where I have some, some central focus. And I try to sit there when I chant, not sit in front of the computer. And I try to stay there when I chant. I try to light a candle. Now, many of the devotees here have beautiful home altars. But if you don't, you can make something very simple. Krishna's not interested in the, the elaborateness. He's interested in this. And we shouldn't be worried about the elaborateness. We just put some attention there. So if you want to intensify your feeling here, go home and do it nicely. And if you want to say, what's nicely? Nicely is with your awareness there. And your awareness will also inform you that you're not paying any attention most of the time. <laughs> right? Yes. So then that's the part I need help with. And here's the person who's going to help me. And then the other side is, well, I better pay a bit more attention. I have to be responsible to pay more attention and I can't do it, so I need help. So there's this reciprocation going on. And then when you come here, if you could even train yourself to think, when I walk in the temple, it's like it's the first time I ever walked into this temple. That's what it's like in the, on that spiritual plane. It's always the first time. That's how intense the, the experience is. So we can transfer that here in a simple way, mecha mechanistical way. That This is the first time I've walked in. This is a beautiful place. Isn't it beautiful? I wonder who painted it like this. I wonder who did that amazing painting over there. Look at that. Instead of walking in and you sort of scan, oh, I know this place, I go here every day. <laughs> I didn't see anything. Who painted that painting? When was that painting painted? That painting was painted in the 1970s. Prabhupada saw that painting. You stop, look at anything, and, and you start to feel, oh, this is really something. Yeah? Thank that, you. There's our challenge. <laughs> For uh, those of us who are practicing, there's our challenge to refresh, refresh, refresh all the time. Haribo Prabhu. Thank you for your story. <laughs> yes. Hare Krishna. And also it becomes mechanical. Yes. Like if we're coming to the temple every day and doing the mm. same services, it becomes mechanical. Yes. But I've also heard Prabhupada say that you have to fake it before you make it. Fake it before you make it. There you go. So I'd A like to ask... Practical piece of advice. <laughs> so I'd yeah. like to ask um, mm. that the routine we're following since long, how do we get to know that it is not mechanical but it is actually spiritual? And that now we're get, trying to, um, we're developing a taste and love for Lord Krishna. Well, Prabhupada used to say, you, you just, if you have a pot of hot water and you want to see if it's hot, what do you do? Put your finger in, oh, it's very hot, right? You experience that it's hot. 
So it's not, it's, it can be, and it often is with all of us, that it's both spiritual and mechanical. It's not either or. It's spiritual and it's mechanical. Um, but the mechanical element seems to sort of make it not so hot. It doesn't feel hot to us. It doesn't inspire us in the same way. So we, we've, we've been faking it for a long time. <laughs> we start saying, I want to make it, I want to make it, I'm sick of the faking it. And that's a very healthy sign. And that's a sign of a particular level of advancement. So when you get to the point where you don't want to fake it anymore, you want to make it, then you start upping your efforts. You start becoming in the temple room and thinking, oh, I've just walked into the temple room, look at the floor. This floor was put down by devotees, they made this floor, look at the beautiful lotus on the floor, Shri Prabhupada walked here. You start thinking these things, because now you're bringing your attention to what you're doing. Faking it means I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and I know or I don't know that my attention is somewhere else. And making it means my attention is now coming here. And that's very good. So how do you know the difference? You can tell the difference. In the same way you can experience the hot of the water, you can experience the taste. It's, it, it's hard not to come. Whereas before I was faking it, I was thinking, oh, I've got to go to the temple, it's so hard to go to the temple. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't go to the temple today. Oh, what will I do? And then you think, oh, okay, what did I, what can I think about instead that will help me get through today because I can't go to the temple? As opposed to, oh, here we go, I've got to go to the temple. <laughs> <laughs> Any honest person knows that they have that, had that experience. <laughs> yeah? Thank you, Adhiji. Okay. Thank you. Always ask good questions. Thank you, Adhiji. <laughs> yes, look. Thank you so much for this wonderful class. <laughs> Again, amazing. <clears throat> um, I noticed on my journey <clears throat> that many, many of us, um, especially people who are not really so spiritual at the moment. They have this uh, idea that they, they don't want to be dependent on anything or have yeah. to rely on anything. Yeah. Like what you were just mentioning then about um, you know oh I, I don't have to now I can't come to the temple you know yeah. damn I really want to go to the temple. Mm. Someone could be think would be thinking yeah well that means you're relying on something to mm. give you something mm. you can get it all for yourself. Yes. So, yes. Uh, uh, what what. What can you use to help? Okay, let me ask you a question, a personal question. Please. Yeah, when you were um, in your heyday, <laughs> <laughs> I know a little of Luke's history. <laughs> he told it to me. <laughs> Did you rely on some kind of substance? Yeah, for sure. So you were already relying? Yeah. Ah, there's a key. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you? The same thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're already relying. Yeah. We're always relying on something because we're, we're insufficient. 
That's the nature. We're so small that we're insufficient. This world is so big, actually we're insufficient in our, in our constitution. And so therefore we rely on something. So we can rely on some, some kind of a substance that can alter our way of thinking so that we feel like everything's really good. Uh, it might not be. Or we can rely on somebody who says, listen, um, this is going to take you down to ground. It's going to ground you. And it's going to give you what you're really looking for. So yes, you know now that you are already reliant on something else. But the person who's reliant on another stimulating system, they'll say, no, 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 no. I, I have my life. I want to do it my way. I don't want to rely on that. But you'll be wise enough to see, ah, you're already reliant. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, Mataji. Um, it really works in mysterious ways. I shouldn't be here today, I should be at work, <laughs> but unfortunately I lost, almost lost my thumb yesterday. Oh, so, fortunately. Um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, eh? Yeah, very much so. Um, <laughs> But there's a question on my mind. Yes. I'm really struggling with this at the moment. Is because mm. I'm really seeking spiritual truth and the ultimate truth. Yes. And I want to do that without feeling it's being controlled. Like I always believe spiritual truth is about liberation. 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 Yes. Complete f freedom. And. I've listened to a lot of people yes. um, and I feel I'm getting all this information but it's becoming yes. overwhelming too much yes. one person saying do this, yes. do that yes. another person saying do this, do that yes. and I'm like you know how, how do I know I'm listening to my heart and I know something's working because the way I feel in Kirtan and the way I feel when I chant there's something really opening up in my heart Yes, but I want to do that and I want to experience God and Krishna without feeling I have to do this, 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 this yes. every single yes. day. So yes. what do we do? Well, I would say the first thing I would say is that you're at a certain point of your journey and it's, a, it's, a, it's an awkward spot like I was when I moved in the temple. It was very awkward. I felt like a sort of all thumbs, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was really hard for me to really gauge even what I was doing. I also knew so many things. Uh, before I came to Los Angeles and moved into the temple, I was into transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's still around. And what happened to me was I was doing this transcendental meditation because we didn't have the internet, we didn't mm -hmm. have YouTube. I couldn't find out about everything like you can. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that and I'm Hare Krishnaing at the same time, going backwards and forwards between the two. And at a certain point I thought, I wonder if these two are actually go together. You know, I got a bit of a, a breakthrough and I thought, I wonder if these go together. And so I went to the the, the Transcendental Meditation people, and I said to them, uh, you know, I'm doing this Hare Krishna thing as well. Uh, do they work together? 
And the person in the uh, Transcendental Meditation Center said, you know, this, um, this meditation is enough in itself. This is going to get you what you want. It's going to bring you, if the sound vibration is going to free your mind, it's going to do all of these incredible things. You don't need this Hare Krishna, whatever that is. And so I went to the Hare Krishna Center and I said, uh, listen, I'm doing Transcendental Meditation and Hare Krishna together. Um, is it that they go together? And the devotee who I spoke to said, you add Krishna, Hare Krishna, to whatever you're doing. Don't worry about that. You can keep doing that if you want to do that. But you add this chanting of Hare Krishna. And take that addition seriously. Don't do it uh, in, a, in a sloppy way. But you add that and you see what happens. And I thought I preferred their advice than the other's advice. And so I dropped the transcendental meditation. <laughs> I didn't know what Hare Krishna was, but I <laughs> might as well do that one. Yeah. So there's going to be so many people who tell you so many things, and they all have something to say, and they may have some grain of truth, or they may not. They may be faking it till they make it. <laughs> but they'll tell you different things. But when you start to feel that in the Hare Krishna line, if you're feeling that, protect that. Feed that. It's like a, you know, a culture. In, in yoga culture, feed it. Because it will grow if you feed it. And then when you go further in your journey, one year from now, if you've been feeding that part of your journey, then evaluate again. Yeah. And don't worry that right now things are a bit confusing. Just listen to Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's your English buddy. <laughs> yeah, even Luke could be a bit extreme at some times. I'm like, wow, just, I need a break from you, mate. <laughs> nah, but um, thank you very much. Thank um, you. Thank yeah, you so much for coming, no I've matter what it was. Oh, it doesn't here. matter. I've got two of them, so, you know, this is worth Good. the sacrifice. <laughs> Good. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you. So nice to see you both here. Mm. Yes. Hare Krishna Mataji. Yes, Hare Krishna. You mentioned that devotional service is very, very easy compared mm -hmm. to all other parts. Yes. But if you see, to be honest, if yes. any be devotional honest. service... <laughs> <laughs> Are your parents here? <laughs> you can be honest. <laughs> yes. Like some devotional activities, to be specific, chanting, yes. can get boring sometimes yes <laughs> yes so, and very hard at times yes. so how do we make it easy for ourselves huh, that's a really interesting question because uh, do your parents make you chant yes so that means that in a sense you didn't choose it it came with your birth right your parents knew what's best for you and they say to you okay now we want you to chant so what has to happen is as you grow up, 
For now, you're doing it because your parents want you to do it, they're telling you to do it. But at some part in your life, some stage in your life, some point, you have to decide whether you want to do it because you want to do it, not because they want you to do it. And when you get to that point where you decide, actually, uh, you could say on one side, actually my parents have asked me to do this and I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Or you can say my parents have asked me to do this and now I'm beginning to understand that this is really good for me. When you get to that point, it will become easier for you. Because you will own what you're doing instead of them telling you. They're telling you now because you're young and they're guiding you. But one day you have to take the reins of the horses for yourself. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, I understand. And it is hard. We say it's easy, but that easy is compared to other practices. When I was doing my meditation, I had a secret mantra I wasn't supposed to tell anyone, which I can't remember. And, <laughs> and every day I would sit like this. I had to do it one hour every day. I'd sit like this, and at the end of an hour, I was lying on the floor. <laughs> and wake up, and I'd go, ah, oh, that was really refreshing. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if I'm doing this right. I don't know if you're supposed to lie down. But every day I would end up lying down, because it was so calming. I'd go back to sleep. So it was very hard to do it. It was pleasant, but it was hard to do it properly. That even if you're chanting Hare Krishna badly, right? You're chanting, but you're chanting terribly. Still, you're getting the benefit of chanting those names. That's how it's easy. You're faking it. So keep faking it. <laughs> Do you understand? Until you're making it. Yes. Anything else? Any other questions? What a wonderful group you are. <laughs> Yes. Ramakund. Just going to the point of guidance. Um, yes. So, you know, I'm sure I've done it as well. You know, when, when you're guiding or telling, uh, training people, yes. then people think, you know, who are, who are you to tell me I know better than you? You know, why are you asking me to do this or yes. stopping me to, you know, go yes. there or do that? Yes. So then, you know, how, how, how do you... Well, gradually what happens is you get older. And one time when I was living in India, one wise lady said to me, you should never underestimate the value of grey hair. <laughs> and I learnt, you know, I'd get on the train and I'd stand there and they'd say, oh, Mataji, please come. <laughs> so as you get older, older means more experience. So that experience means that sometimes you do things well, and you feel, oh yeah, I learned something from that. And sometimes you do them badly, and you learn something from that. And there's no escaping the learning process. And mistakes aren't, uh, aren't included in the learning process. That's part of the learning process. So invariably, anyone who's really genuinely trying their best will look back and laugh at what they were doing 10 years before and thought it was their best because now they've moved on so far since then. So you just keep doing it, keep doing it. And, but do it with, with as much kind of um, aspiration 
to do it better. That's what you're, you're responsible for. You're responsible to keep the aspiration to improve alive, kindled with, with uh, burning. And the rest is Krishna will give you that. Because he must be very, very, very pleased that you're setting yourself forward to do that, even with what you feel are disqualifications. So his pleasure, you don't always feel your pleasure when he's feeling his pleasure. He may be appreciating you and you may be feeling very uh, inadequate. But when he's pleased, then you'll make progress. So keep doing it. It's wonderful. Look. <laughs> all right. I think we should stop here, otherwise we'll go all day until tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.